Hey everybody, welcome back to the Freedom Men's Podcast. I'm Sterling here with Kyle and a, a guest that was here a few months ago uh, that's one of your great friends. Yep. And uh, this is Matthew. And Matthew, you guys have been friends for a long time. I know we kind of talked about that back in December, but we had an agenda and it's kind of funny because we we had a plan and then we're getting together and we're just talking about it and it kind of changed. This is going to be a free-for-all in a lot of ways of some of the major things that we feel like are important when it comes to friendship and uh, having a close person really pour into you and bounce ideas off of you. So what is a friend? Like, How do you even define that? But even more so, how you define what a close friend is, like we talked about those different kind of stages. Uh, it, and then a best friend. How do you how do you define that? And so I think that there are some key things that we've kind of discovered, right? That other people have helped us discover. There's a lot of things that you and I have been through over the past 20 years uh, together, but there are some very common things throughout those 20 years that really have defined, you know, our our friendship with one another. So when you look at a marriage, you look at friendship, no matter what level, yep. it all is built on trust. Yes, and we can almost I like using the word vault. So like you're like a trusted vault in my mm -hmm. life to where I can spew all this information to you. And I know I can trust you that it's not going to escape yes. and get me in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go run and tell everybody, right? It's not a gossip shop where, yeah. you know, oh, I can't, did you, you know, even to my wife, like whenever you tell me, my wife doesn't care what you tell me. Yep. Like, she's like, I don't even care. Like, who are you on the phone with? Kyle. She's not like, what'd you guys talk about? Like, give me all the juicy details. She doesn't care, right? Same thing for your wife. Vault. She yeah. doesn't care, right? They know, our wives know that our relationship, our friendship is strong. They know it's healthy. They know whenever we get off the phone with one another, after we spend some time together, that we're going to be better men, better husbands, which they always want us to be, yeah, right? Yeah. We're going to be better parents. Uh, we're, you know, we're just going to be better people because of our friendship with one another. Do you guys feel like the way that you were set up where uh, you weren't working at the same place as him? Uh, you, your, your wife isn't as close to his wife as maybe another couple that you guys have mutual friends with. But because you're a little bit separated, you're not so close that you would it would be detrimental to your friendship and it allowed you to be best friends? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's... I think that helps your, your friendship last, right? That it, it, it's not a... I've had a lot of friends in my life. I've worked with a lot of friends before. Um, and I would say that they were close friends, but they were work friends. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Meaning that our relationship was defined by work. We spent a lot of time together. Uh, and I would say that, you know, I, I own a business now, so it's different. But whenever I was a pastor on staff at churches, I spent more time with those people than I did with my own family. Yeah. I spent more time, way more time with those people than I ever spent with Kyle, ever. But once that season ended, those friendships, they didn't just end, they just kind of naturally... Yeah devolved instead of evolved, right? And I understood that. And that helped me to even define our relationship even more so that this goes beyond that. But I definitely think that separation for us anyway, it, you know, was key. It is we, we talked about a, a verbal processing, this vault. Mm -hmm. How do you think that through not being at the same employment, how has that helped the friendship grow? Yeah, man. <clears throat> I think as men, like we carry so much. Right. We just we just feel that weight, that burden. Um, and it really is like this mantle that God puts on us as men. If you're married, right, you've got that mantle of being a husband. 
if you have kids, you have whether you're, uh, you know, a single dad or, you know, you're still married and you're whatever that looks like. It's a blended family, a stepfather. You've got a mantle that you're having to carry that God has placed on you. It's a heavy weight that we have to carry. And, um, and so because of that, there's a lot of frustrations that we have in life. And what I've realized is that, uh, you know, I'm going to carry these things, but eventually these things are going to come out of me, yes. right? They're going to come out of me. And if I don't have a healthy place, a healthy person that I can vomit on, right? All of this junk and funk and stress and worries and anxiety and questions and, you know, and disappointments that I've got to have somebody to process that with. And sometimes it really is just throwing up on Kyle, getting it out. Because if I did the same thing to my wife, oh man, it'd be bad. There'd be so much distance between us that would take maybe months to, you know, for us to reconcile and come back together. If I did that with my kids, my kids would grow up with some type of a daddy complex because because they're like, my goodness, this guy, right? Because I can't take all this stress anymore. I've got to have some place to bring that to. And yes, I bring it to the feet of Jesus, right? I let the good counselor, the Holy Spirit, yes, through, you know, through my time with him, through prayer, through reading his word. But God, this isn't a solo sport. God put us on this earth to have relationships with people. And so I believe that there is a part of that of confessing, if you will, to one another, just getting it out in a healthy way. And once I get it out, listen, like it's out. I don't really need to tell anybody else. Yep. And I trust Kyle that he's not going to take all the junk and funk and stress right. and go run right. and tell Sterling. Right. Hey, Sterling, Matthew and I had this conversation, man. Just you can't we just wait until I tell you what he said. Right. Well, and sometimes our wife and kids can't handle it. Yes. Um, and like you said, they build up that complex there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes a very dangerous place because my wife gets tired of me talking about money. Yeah. Yeah. But you and I on the same wavelength, <laughs> we gripe about money all the, time. all the time. But if I griped to my wife about the money all the time, she would completely turn a deaf ear. Yep. And I think there's this borderline thing, and we talked about it earlier, between like this best friend conversation yep. and even your wife conversation, right? And defining that even intimacy that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when it comes to to best friends, so whenever I'm having... I don't want to say like marital issues, but every marriage, there are disagreements, there's frustrations, there's whatever, right? There's all kinds of outside factors that influence who you are as a person, that influence everything else in your life. And so, you know, here, here's an example. If, if I were to call Kyle and just say, man, like uh, this, this is going on with my wife, right? I'm not calling him to bash my wife to bash her character, to bash who she is as a person. I'm just saying, Kyle, bro, like you'll never believe this, right? Yep. And um, you know, whatever it is, right? And and his response to that isn't, oh yeah, man, your wife this, your wife that. It's not that at all. Because it's very, it's topical. It's not about my wife and who she is. It's about a, a circumstance. It's about something that happened that I just need to get off my chest. I just need to process. Not character. Yeah, circumstance, yes. not character, right? And so yeah, and so when it comes to friendship, there is there isn't, and it sounds weird for for men, right? Like as a best friendship, there is a, a there's a level of intimacy, right? Yeah. But what is that intimacy? How do you define that in this best friendship? And certainly, I think it comes down to like trust is really where it starts. Uh, that I trust Kyle, 
implicitly with anything that I tell him. Any information. And, and, it, and it's unspoken. It's not like one of those things where I'm like, hey, Kyle, um, man, I, I know I don't need to say this, but I'm about to tell you something. So can you please not tell anybody? If I have to say that, yep. I don't trust Kyle. Yep. Like, You're we, probably close friends or friends, not best friends. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yep. But here's one thing that is interesting, right? And this bromance of this world that we live in today, it's kind of funny because uh, you, know, you see a lot of men, and not that we shouldn't say this to each other, but man, love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Here's what's interesting about Kyle and I. I've never one time no. told Kyle, I love you. Yep. Never. Nope. Is that weird? Yep. I don't think so. No. I think he just, <laughs> please don't, you're like, please, please don't ever do that. I, I think that Kyle just knows that because oh, it's, it's like, it's not, it's a brotherly love. Yep. Yep. Right. And I think a lot of times we throw around words all the time. Yes. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. And it waters down these friendships that we have. Right. Like, if I never tell my wife I love her another day in my life, she knows it. Now, yeah. I better tell my wife I love yeah, her, but but she knows that I love her, right? I know that Kyle loves me, yeah. and Kyle knows that I love him, but it's not a weird intimacy bromance. Yeah. It's something that's built on trust and depth and going through two decades of life yeah. together. Yeah. I, think, I think you said something earlier that I want to key in on, and that is— when we're griping, it's never dishonoring. Yes. Not one time in 20 years have you ever dishonored your wife never. to me. Not once. And Janelle and Sarah, maybe you're watching this. Not once have we ever badmouthed or trashed never. our wives in this moment. It's scenarios. Yes. There's still honor with our kids. There's still honor with our family. And ultimately with our workplaces, yes. our churches, our people around us. It's always honoring conversation, not trashing. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's very important to understand because I think sometimes friendships can get to a place and this is where they get unhealthy. They bash, bash, bash. Mm -hmm. And then those closest people they're supposed to be to, you start to see that tear. Mm -hmm. And we're here as friends to make better marriages yes. and better families, not the opposite. What do you think would happen with your friendship if you just always focused on something that was serious or intense politics religion if if you could if you only could kind of default to those things what do you think would happen to your relationship boring i mean it'd be boring right like i wouldn't look forward to talking to Kyle if that's what it was and a part of that too is it was Kyle would if every time Kyle answers the phone and Matthew's griping about something, after a while, that's exhausting. Yeah. Like those are the kind of people in my life, how I'm wired. I'm just like, okay, that person's calling again. I know what they're calling about. Uh, they're just going to gripe about something. They're just negative, 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 negative all the time. So it'd be boring. Like for me, it'd be boring. It, it, I would not want to, it, like Kyle would quickly move from best friend to close friend to probably like acquaintance, mm -hmm. yep. right? Just yeah. in, in the way that I'm wired. But yeah. also on the flip side, if the person you're talking to this best friend, you only talked about surface things yep. like the weather or the Cowboys or the traffic on I-35, yeah, that would also be equally as boring. Absolutely. It's almost like the two extremes. Mm -hmm. You lose people on the different level of friendship yes. based upon the extremes. Say, if I am an athlete, man, that guy looks like an athlete. So there may be something we have in common with one another, yeah. right? And so with that, Kyle and I have developed a communication style that just kind of it, it, it encapsulates all of that because we just like to have fun. Uh, we think a lot 
alike in a lot of ways about a lot of things. Um, and But there's things that we think different on as well. I mean, there's things that I will say something and Kyle's like, man, I disagree with that. And the same thing with me. And I'm like, man, let me hear your perspective. Not that I'm going to agree with it, but let me hear that because I respect it. Okay. I just got to stop and ask. I, I love a few examples. I know this is on the spot. I'm putting you you know, in, in the hot seat. You're, it's kind of personal inside, but not so personal, not exposing each other. But what are some things that you've maybe disagreed on? that you guys have kind of worked through as friends? That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> you did put me on the spot. I can't I can't recall like specific things. We're talking about not like major things in our life. Right. We're talking about like if you and I are having a conversation in the middle of a conversation is something kind of small, right? Where it's just like, man, I actually disagree with that. I think, I think this, I'm like, man, I didn't even think about that perspective. Yeah, I think I lean more towards what you're saying because yeah. you've explained yourself to me. Yeah. Right. But there wasn't this offense that was built up because he disagreed with me. I disagreed with him. So now, like, there's this, like, you know, this severing that happens in our relationship. Yeah. So I wish there were some juicy things I could tell you. Well, and I, I was asking not. because I just know, and I, I, we can cut some of this. It doesn't matter. But I, I was asking because when you kind of go through that, you don't want to just revert back to close friends. You want to stay, maintain that closeness. And you're dealing with depth of conversation here. Do you allow that to stay deep or do you just kind of avoid it and go, well, I don't want to lose, you know, the love and the trust of them. So I want to, you know, stay close friends or best friends. And so you're going to back out. Not everyone's as, you know, confident as as y'all. And so I was just asking, you know, for some of those moments where maybe you've disagreed, how you handled that. Certainly, I want to key in on something here that I think is worth chewing on. You said it a minute ago, like not everyone has this. And I would agree with that. But a lot of people watching this podcast, and even you, you're in your 30s, we're in our 40s. And we live also in a culture that wants everything and we want it now. And that includes our friendships. So when you back up and you start looking at some of these things in life, we all want to be millionaires in our 20s, but we don't realize it takes 40, 50 years for some of us to become millionaires. We want all of that money in the nest egg now. We look at sometimes as older couples, we think, man, I want that. But it took them 50 years to build that. We look at houses and say, man, I want that big, fat, juicy house. But what we didn't see is the decades before that of maybe changing houses and building equity to then get to that house. We also look at even jobs. I want that job now. The fact is I'm the executive pastor of Freedom Church. If I would have had that jo- this job when I was in my 20s, I would have failed. This is a job executive pastor of Freedom, not for someone in their 20s or 30s. I'm even pushing the limits in being in my mid-40s. This is a job because everything requires a different season. And you say, I want this friendship, and I want it now. We went through 20 years to get to this point, and I would definitely say that great things are worth waiting for. The best years of our friendship have been the last three to five. They weren't the first three to five. They've been the last three to five. And that's what built that. It's the waiting. It's the investment that pays off these long dividends. I'll give you this a quick example. I live kind of by Lake Louisville and down by the lake, there's this massive backyard. It's gorgeous. All of this patio furniture that's like $10,000 or more, all these different decks, swimming pool. It's beautiful. And one time I was taking my family down to the lake and we walked by And the older gentleman that was out there, I walked by and said, this is my favorite backyard in all the world. It's gorgeous. You guys have done so well. And instead of being prideful and puffed up, you know what his response to me was? He says, well, it hasn't always looked like this. You should have seen it when we moved in. 
And he, there was 15 of us in our family. He literally said the statement. He said, this is years and years and years of hard work to purchase this and build that and purchase this and build that. He said, this is a result of over 30 years of investment. And I sat back and go, wow, that's our money, our houses, our jobs, and our friendships. It takes a lot of time to get to where it's at. It's important. Uh, it's important to hear. I mean, you do see kind of like your parents, you see when you're born and you're growing up, you see them and their dynamics then. You don't see them when they were, you know, in their 20s mm-hmm. or before you were born. And so you think that's what it is. And it's, I mean, you don't know the conflict that they went through to try to even get to the point where they see, you know, they have peace and unity. And you didn't see them fight, you know, in, in those first few years about groceries and finances mm-hmm. and where we're moving. And so so it takes time and you only just see your um, your kind of glimpse. And Matthew, something you and I talk about a lot as well. Uh, we're both cheapskates. We hate spending money. We gripe about money all the time behind our wives' back. Um, we talk about being so cheap that this friendship really becomes our therapist or our counselor. I know that's kind of an old school mindset versus a new mindset. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I, not that there's anything wrong with going to counseling or seeing a therapist. I mean, that, you know, we live in a, a day and age of, you know, mental health crises, right, that are happening all over the place. And and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of valid reasons for that. Um, but I think a big part of that is the fact that we as people, and just say in the Western culture of, a, of America, that we are some of the loneliest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. In all the history of the generations before us, we are lonely because we have defined friends as the hundreds or thousands of friends that we have on Facebook, right? On Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, or wherever. And everything is just so surface level these days. And so because of that, we don't have someone that we can trust that we have the the uh, that has a fortitude of confidentiality that we forge this relationship with so we have to now go pay someone because legally they can't say anything about <laughs> everything we're dumping inside of that little office right yep. and i think the reason why that is is because people are craving they're starving for relationships but relationships they're a risk they really are because you never know where they're going to end you never know you could you could invest your life into someone for five six seven years a friend and then you then they 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 burn you and all of a sudden you look at that you're just like man like and and so you get gun shy do i want to invest another five six seven years for this maybe to become So I, I think really, you know, there, there's a question of like, how do you find a best friend, right? Where do you find a best friend at? And again, you don't find a best friend on day one. Yeah. Best friends develop over time, yeah. over time. I don't even know like how many years we were into our friendship where we finally said, and it's not like, it's not like Kyle said, Hey, Matthew, like, will you be my best friend? <laughs> I feel like we're in that stage of life now with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it's just kind of weird to think about that. But just over the course of time, if somebody were to ask me, Hey, who, like, who's your best friend? Yep. Who are your best friends? Then all of a sudden I take a step back and I'm like, well, 
Kyle Lembry. Mm-hmm. He'd be number one in my life would be, you know, it's not like I have a pecking order of like, mm-hmm. you know, first, second, third best friends, but I would say like, yeah, man, Kyle would be like at the top of that list of my best friend. And it, and it happened naturally and it grew to the top without categorizing. Yes. And we as Americans, we like to categorize everything. Yep. It's even in your phone. You got your top texting people, your top phone people. Mm-hmm. Even on social media, you got your top people. And we don't just like to categorize things, yep. but we also like to pay for everything. Yes. And you and I have never paid each other anything. And it also goes into great friendships of helping with fences yes. and helping with lawn work and helping move things and all of those things that are there. And it doesn't come with a price tag. Yeah, that's right. You do it because you're friends. Yeah. You do it because of that mutual respect and trust. And I think those two things, this trust and payment and categorization, mm-hmm. that's just clouded friendships. And I think that that's really crucial. And I saw that again in Ephesians 1. Um, 15 through 17 that says, for this reason, this is Paul, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and in your love for all God's people, I haven't stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you, thinking about you and my prayers. I keep asking God, our Lord Jesus, that he would, the glorious father may give you spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And it just is kind of like what you're saying. I mean, it just brought that on and I was thinking about those scriptures earlier and, and it's just clear you do those things not because they're asking, uh, but because you love them like you know yourself, and you know yourself, and you know them what they're needing. And it's a it's a it's a, a beautiful kind of work of art that you put together um, over time. And it's it's not Oscar worthy at the beginning, and it's maybe not Oscar worthy at some moments, but you really see the investment pay off when I don't think, like you're saying, even especially my generation, millennials and, and Gen Z, and now my kid, Gen Alpha, uh, my kids. We don't know how to to invest that time long term. I believe that's why God designed the local church, right? It's not a solo sport. And, you know, freedom is a phenomenal place. And there are so many opportunities to get connected with other men. So when there is a men's event, when there's a men's breakfast, when there's a men anything, like take the time to be a part of it. Get involved in the local church because I believe that your best friends— the number one place, not 100% of the time, but the number one place that you can find a best friend is going to start right here in the house of God. I believe that. Small groups, whatever that is, get involved. Take advantage of the local church. That's what it's here for. That's why Freedom has staff and people and volunteers, so you could take advantage of everything that this place has to offer. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of the men that are watching this podcast right now. God, I know that there are some that are sitting there today that they are lonely, that they've been burned by relationships in their past, that they are gun-shy of stepping into new relationships. But God, I pray for their heart. I pray for their mind. I pray, God, that you will give them the confidence to step out once again. God, to be a part of what freedom has for them, to start over if if they need to start over. But God, I know that the desire of a man's heart is to have friends, to be surrounded by men who are like-minded, men that are going in the same direction as they are, not to live a life, a solo sport being lonely, but to be surrounded by other men. I know that we hear scriptures and we've all heard them as uh, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. God, as men, I know that there's a desire for us to become the better version of ourselves 
today than we were yesterday and tomorrow than we are today. Um, and so, God, I just pray for these men. I pray that you will give them the boldness, help them to be decision makers in their own lives, to be a part of this place, Freedom of Church, to be a part of the men's events that are happening, to be a part of small groups and connection times, to be willing to step outside of themselves, to introduce themselves to someone right here at Freedom Church, to become friends, God, to become close friends, and then maybe, just maybe, to come be- become best friends with them. And God, um, I just thank you for this time uh, with Sterling, with Kyle, for Freedom Church, and everything that you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Big Joe. Great. That was great. Great podcast. Thanks, everyone, for watching, yes. being a part. And uh, we also, yeah, shout out to Joe, who's back here filming everything. I wish we could turn a camera around, but I'm not going to mess up your stuff. But thank you so much and for being a part. We'll see you guys next time.